This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Necessary Roughness brought to you by Southfield Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. With 11-year NFL veteran, Big Ten Offensive Lineman of the Year, and captain of the National Championship Michigan Wolverines, John Jansen. And 10-year NFL veteran, two-time Pro Bowl offensive tackle, and Super Bowl champion with the Green Bay Packers, T.J. Lang. Now, here's John Jansen and T.J. Lang. Well, the Detroit Lions are back to 500, 8-8, 17th game coming up. They got a chance to finish the season above 500. They've got a chance to possibly make the playoffs. We're going to get it. We'll talk more about that later in the podcast. But TJ, I know that you were at Ford Field. You were on on the call for the game, 41 to 10. It was a dominant performance. Yeah. What did you see from, and not just this offense, but the defense was humming? (laughs) Yeah. It was uh, honestly kind of turned into a boring game. I mean, it felt like a preseason game there towards the end just because of how out of, you know, how dominating it was. Um, I'll tell you what, man, it was impressive to see that type of bounce back performance, especially after, you know, they laid an egg out in Carolina, you know, on Christmas Eve. Yeah. it was just it was just a complete game. You know, it, it had that feeling early where it's like, uh, here we go, Justin Fields starting to get loose a little bit, you know, defense, all right, let's not fall into those bad habits uh of last week. You know, let's make sure we're taking care of this. And look, I think Justin Fields definitely got shaken up a little bit. I think there was a point, you know, in early in that game he got hit by Kaminsky, kind of bent over a little weird and after that didn't see him run much. You know, first five carries, hundred and five yards, and it's like, uh, we got to do something about this. What are we going to do? Because that's their whole offense. And then after that, five more carries. You know, I think it went for 22, 23 yards. So uh, once you take away, obviously, Justin Fields' ability to run the ball, scramble, use his legs, um, you know, that's that's the only threat that Chicago Bears <laughs> give to you, unfortunately. Now I think that there's going to be some battles uh, down the road, certainly against that guy and against the Chicago Bears, where you know they're going to be they're going to get back to what their identity has been. But that was just uh, it was an overall uh, call it what it is, man. It was an overall ass kicking, and they've had a couple of those now, you know, in the past what month and a half. I mean, Jacksonville, you know, they laid it on pretty good. I think even Minnesota, you know, laid it on them pretty good. Um, you know, I think this team is 
is uh, the the ability to overcome adversity is something that's been different. You know, the ability yeah. to step up and uh, when you get punched in the mouth, uh, you know, to, to swing back, man, fight back, scratch, claw, do anything you got to do to get back and, you know, get, get, get not only get a win, but just get the momentum back on your side is something that's been different the last, uh, what, two months now um that we've seen because that that carolina game you know that they've had games like that in the past not many of them uh, a lot of their losses were close but they've always seemed to have these games where man they lay an egg and then it's uh, bleeds into the next week uh bleeds into the next yeah. week you know and, and to put a stop to that uh throughout preparation and practice last week and come out there and just play a complete dominant game was it was impressive to see so let me ask you this and we're going to talk a little bit more about the the lions um especially the young defensive players that are are really finding a groove but you mentioned some battles down the road Justin Fields right now, not a lot of weapons. I think Cole Komet is a good tight end, and he's a good target for Justin Fields. But they don't have a lot of weapons at receiver. Their offensive line is not great. I mean, Justin Fields, he's been sacked 55 times, more than any other quarterback in the NFL. Do you think he can become a good passer? No, that's the question. I mean, because is he a great quarterback? No, he's not. I don't not even know. Right if now. He's, I don't even know if he's a good quarterback right now. To be honest with you, he's yeah. just a great Runner. athlete, right? He is a great uh, playmaker. Um, what it, what what he's doing is that sustainable over, you know, the course of the season? Not I mean, getting I think fifty five times. Right, I think we just saw against the Lions. Man, he looked completely worn out, and I think he, you know, I, I didn't see. You know, ankle, knee, hip, whatever it was that slowed him down a little bit. But is that a guy you want to run, you know, 20, 25 times a game over the course of a 17-game season? Probably not. I mean, he's going to have to develop uh, some sort of, uh, you know, passing game in the future if he wants to just stay healthy, right? I think that's the that's the biggest worry if I'm a Bears fan. Um, how are we going to keep this guy healthy, not only for a season, but for three, four, five years? You know, you keep this pace, and I don't know if he's going to make it three years in this league. But uh, I just, you know, I, I honestly haven't seen much of him yet as a passer. I just haven't. And look, you can say, you know, their offensive line certainly is below average in my mind. I think the uh, receiving core that they have is certainly below average in my mind. There's not a lot, whole lot of playmakers uh, that he can just throw it up to and go make a play. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I just, I haven't been impressed with his ability to throw the ball. I haven't been impressed with his ability to, you know, go down late and need to make, you know, three, four, five big throws to get back in the game. You just haven't really seen that. Now there's a lot that goes into that, obviously, but I just, uh, he's, he's, if he wants to go from, uh, you know, this is cute, right? I think anytime a player comes in a league and kind of takes it by storm and what they're doing, you know, just yep. making big plays, it's obviously it's it's cute, right? It's dangerous. We saw it with Lamar Jackson, uh, you know, early in his career. Um, you know, has Lamar Jackson turned into an elite quarterback? Probably not. I don't think you know? so. I don't think so. And I don't think anybody thinks so, right? That's that's going to be Justin Fields' biggest challenge is how does he turn into a true quarterback you don't want to take the playmaking ability out of his hands but you get at some point you're gonna to have to say we're, we're gonna to to just start throwing the ball with some accuracy and some poise and and some timing and some rhythm uh because you can't just go out there and play you know army navy style football and run the ball 50, 60 <laughs> times in a bunch of read options that's just not sustainable over the course of an nfl season no it's not but I mean, let's get back to the lions um 
Let's start offensively. And Jared Goff is at home as good a quarterback as you're going to find in the NFL. I think the big thing for the Lions this past week was the reemergence and health of DeAndre Swift. Is he going to have to have a huge game against Green Bay for them to have a shot to win? Jared Goff or Swift? Either one. I think, look, I think Goff's going to have to, yes, I think Jared Goff is going to have to, and I'm not going to say play the game of his life, but he's going to have to continue to play the way he's been playing. You can't go out there and, uh, you know, turn the ball over. You can't go out there and and have, you know, three, four straight drives where where you're just stalling and going three and outs and giving the ball back there. You can't do that, right? Um, And that's been something that we've seen a little bit pop up on the road, especially the last couple games, the Jets and obviously that Carolina game. Um, You know, I I think, yes, he is going to be a a huge part of of the game plan. And if they want any chance of going to Green Bay Sunday night to win – uh, he's going to have to play really, really well. Uh, but he has been, right? I don't think yeah. it's. I don't think we're. Well, he has been at home, but you've also got the trip down to Carolina. You've got the trip to New England. Like, I mean, they're not great outings. Yeah, and I know the game against Carolina statistically was good, right? But I think anytime you're down three scores, most of the game, and you're yeah. throwing the ball, uh, most stats. most quarterbacks are going to have good statistics. Um, I got. I tell you, man. Like I, I've been impressed, and I want to see. This is going to be a big game that I circle for Ben Johnson too. How are you going to attack this Green Bay defense, yeah. right? How are you going to? Are you going to go in there and and roll with you know what you do? Or are you going to try to take advantage of some things Green Bay is going to give you? What's the rhythm going to look like, right? What's the pace of this offense uh, going to look like? I, I think that's going to be. That's uh, going to be exciting to watch how Ben Johnson un- unveils that game plan come Sunday night. But you know, flipping the side to DeAndre Swift too. I mean, this is what we've been waiting for, John, since what week four? You know, week four, three. Four, yeah. I mean, you know, early in the season you saw explosive plays after explosive plays, and then he got hurt obviously for a while, came back, and you could tell he wasn't right, wasn't feeling his best. Um, you know they've been trying to give him more chances every single game, and it's just like man, like you, you, you're waiting for that, you're waiting for that game where you get back to true form, you know. And and he had that, he had that against the Bears. It was good to see, and he's obviously a huge part of what they do offensively. Now I don't think he's going to be a guy that you need to try to force the ball to, you know, twenty five. Uh, times by any means, but you know, even last week, the eleven touches out of the backfield, almost eighty yards a touchdown, right? The four catches out of the backfield and a touchdown, like he is becoming that type of threat. That you know, third down, third down back, right? Get him out in the routes, right? Um, you know, you got a cool play, you know, outside sweep or anything like that. Get the ball in his hands because he's starting to get some confidence back, uh, which is good to see. Now, I'll tell you the biggest reason why I think that they have a chance to to go into Green Bay Sunday night and win is because of this offensive line. I think offensive linemen, anytime you have a good offensive line, uh, a great offensive line, um, the way they've been playing you know, the last two months, you have a chance to beat anybody. And I know that Green Bay's defense is a little bit different than what you saw first time they came to Ford Field. They've got a couple players back and a little bit healthier. Um, but that offensive line, man, they even that Carolina game, I'm telling you, they played well. They did. They protected really well until you know late when – you lose all your <laughs> urgency. You lose all your motivation. You're just trying to get stay healthy and get out of there. They played well in that game. I think they can travel well, and I think this is a game that 
they're gonna they know it's gonna be a challenge for them, but I, I think that group welcomes that challenge. They want games like this to be on their back. They want to be able to you know control the line of scrimmage. They want to be able to protect the quarterback. Um, they want that you know they want that uh, that onus on them. You know they, as as they go, the game goes, and I think that uh, I think man they've they've got a good chance to to go in there and you know continue to play the way they've been playing and and surprise some people. Well, TJ, we've been able to cover the offense uh, and DeAndre Swift, Jared Goff. Now let's talk a little bit the about the O line. Don't come on. And the O line. Yeah, I know. I won't forget about the O line. We never do. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about the defense. Uh, Josh Pascal has two sacks, his first two of his NFL career. You get a half from uh, Melifon Wenu. You get a half from Aiden Hutchinson. Three again from James Houston. That's eight in six games. Uh, Kamiski came in with another sack. Like, there's a lot to be excited about with the young players and how much they've progressed over the course of this season. Yeah, and it's been impressive to see them bounce back as of late. You know, we saw, obviously, we talked about Hutchinson a lot early in the season, yeah. right? Week two, come out. He man, was the big a, story. Yeah, have a big explosive game, you know, three sacks against Washington. And then, you know, a couple of weeks off there where there was really nothing, you know, maybe for a five, six game stretch, at least not the big impact that everybody was hoping for. Um, you know, last week against Carolina, it's like, okay, one of those another stinkers. How are they going to respond? How are the, how are the young players going to learn, you know, how to get back to playing uh, good, solid, productive football? And uh, to see him take that step to get right back into it, man, like that's just – it's good coaching, first of all. Uh, and I think it says a lot about the type of players you have, you know, wanting to uh, – not, not being satisfied with, you know, just being okay, you know, going out there and wanting to be great. I mean, James Houston, who could have predicted this? You know, a couple months ago, or you know, even in the preseason when when we got to see him, it was like, okay, you know, yeah, certainly there's some talent there, but yeah. you know, project type guy. I think his his accelerated development has been uh, probably uh, unthinkable for a lot of people in that building. Um, you know, Hutchinson. It's not only you know everybody likes the sacks. You know, I mean, you know, Pascal two, Houston three. You know, I think Hutch what well, he got credited for half a sack, but. Taking the ball away. I mean, I know that Hutchinson's interception didn't lead to points because it was the last play of the first half. But big time play, man. Going. I mean, they're you know they're they're at a chance there. They can hit a a, a shot at the sideline and, and put three up on the board. Maybe that changes the momentum swing of that game. Um, James Houston, you know, the play he gets a, the uh, the fumble on. I mean, you know, he's getting double teamed. He runs all the way around. He, he retraces his steps, hustles back, not only going for the big hit, but also attacking the football, taking it away. Uh, those are plays that you don't really see from rookies too much. You know, you, you see got you see that more from veteran guys. Okay, get the ball, get the ball. Rookies, it's all about, you know, get the hit, get the hit, get the sack, get the, you know, get the big hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, to go after the ball, I think, uh, man, that's 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 been obviously a huge positive. But uh, it's it, it's been the story about this defense has been the same uh, all season long. Consistency, right? Can you do it week after week? Uh, can you can you? Come off a bad performance and have a good one. Can you have a good performance and somehow turn it into an even better performance the following week? Uh, there, there's been a lot of inconsistencies there, uh, whether it's the pass defense, run defense, where you know there's certainly still more left to be desired. But um, I think that Chicago game was not only good for their momentum and, and their confidence moving forward, but 
they just needed to have a game like that. You know, they needed to have that, especially if you come out of Carolina. You feel like everything's going wrong, nothing's going your way. You know, what's the best way to put a stop to it? Get back, take the field again the next week, go do something about it, turn turn the narrative a little bit. And, and that's what they were able to do. So I think that uh, you look at – you know that defense, especially having those those rookies, those young players, first, second year players that are not only playing for you but giving you big time production, making differences in games, being game changers. Um, man, that that you can't help but to freaking get excited about you know what they're going to look like even next year with the with the a, a year of experience under their belt. Yeah, that's the exciting thing. Now you mentioned consistency. Um, and young guys have that tendency of being up and down. And, and James Houston's been very consistent with getting after the passer for the past six games. And we've seen more consistency out of the young players defensively. Talking about this matchup with Green Bay, did he, the Lions, depending on what happens with Seattle, if Seattle wins, then obviously the, the Lions don't have any hope for the, the, the playoffs. <clears throat> if Seattle loses, then it comes down to Green Bay or Detroit getting that last playoff spot. They have a chance to go 5 and 1 in the division. At worst they can be 4 and 2, but to be able to sweep Green Bay, sweep Chicago, split with Minnesota, how important is it and how how big of a obstacle is going up to Green Bay because you've played both for Green Bay and Detroit? How big of an obstacle is it going up to Green Bay to try and get a win on primetime television, <laughs> Sunday night television? Yeah, with Aaron Rodgers back against the wall, yeah. you know, win and get in. I mean, that's uh, it's it's certainly going to be a challenge, you know, but that's something that, you know, Dan Campbell said it, and even you heard the players say it, man. They they love that opportunity uh, to, to go in there and, you know, make a statement, end the season with a statement. I mean, they, they really cherish, I think they really relish this chance to go in there and prove – exactly what kind of football team not only that they are now but what they hope to be in the future um it's going to be a challenge anytime you go to Lambeau Field it's always a hard place to win uh you you combine that with hey it's prime time game everybody's watching Uh, you combine that with hey it's got it's a playoff game there's playoff implications for both teams depending on the Seattle game for Detroit Uh, it's going to be it's going to be a hell of a challenge man it really is and I think you're playing a Green Bay team right now that I don't know if there's a team in the NFL that has more confidence at this point uh, the Lions certainly have a lot of confidence just based off of, you know, going, uh, what is it, six and, and two over the last eight weeks. Yeah. I mean, they're certain, or, you know, what, seven, seven and two, and two over, two nine. over the nine, yeah. right? Um, you know, they've got a lot of confidence. But when you talk about Green Bay, I mean, they not only have they been winning, you know, the last month, but everything that they've needed to have happen to get help has happened, right? Like, yeah. they, they're they in the boat that we were hoping we were going to be in if we could have just beaten uh, the Panthers a couple weeks ago. Everything, they're taking care of their business, and they're getting a lot of help, um, and they put themselves in a position to win and get in. Now, the Lions still need help, but it's going to be a challenge, man, and I tell you what, like, the more I think about it, the more excited I get uh, about this game, even if Seattle wins, right? Um, you're sitting there looking, and you're, you're saying as a player, sure, you're going to be a little bit disappointed that you know you're not going to have a chance to to you know, the extend your season and, and get in the playoffs. Uh, but with that being said, you've got a chance to cap off uh, what has been an incredible second half of the year. You've got a, a chance to really cement the fact 
that you have built a new identity. You have built a new culture. You have built uh, new expectations uh, around this franchise and around this team. You have a chance to go out and, and like you said, not only go 8-2 and two over the last 10 games, uh, which would be incredible, but to go 5-1 and one over division. You know, showing your division opponents what the future is going to look like. Showing, you know, the Packers. You already showed the Vikings and the Bears, but showing the Packers, you know what, you know, yeah, if Seattle went, okay, maybe we're not extending our season, but we're going to be a pain in your ass for the next couple. You know what I mean? Like, you have something to prove. And that that I think that's going to go a long way, and I think that's what Dan Campbell um, – is probably going to talk about this week. You know, even when, even who cares about what happens in Seattle, right? We're going into Green Bay on a mission, and that mission is to show this division that you know what we're we're going to be a problem for a long time. Yeah, and you know, thinking about this game, how how do the Lions go up there? No matter what's at stake, what do the, what do you have to see from the Lions to go up there and get a win? I, you know what? I mean, I'm going to be looking at the defense. I think the defense needs to play uh, the way that they've been playing the last month and a half outside of that Carolina game. I think that game, uh, when you look at it in totality of the last you know nine games, was certainly the anomaly. Um, they're going to have to do it on the road. They're going to have to do it against Aaron Rodgers, right? You're going to have to – Aaron Glenn – you know, as as Coach Campbell's raved about him the last couple months, just in the turnaround that they've been able to have, uh, but he's going to have to show that he's not only going to have a great plan for Aaron Rodgers and slowing down their offense, but you know, getting your guys motivated enough, getting your guys with that sense of urgency uh, to go out there and you know, throw the first punch, throw the second punch, throw every punch. You know what I mean? Like you know that Aaron Rodgers is probably going to make a couple plays during that game, but. Uh, Go out there and just freaking hit him in the mouth, man. You know, hit him in the freaking mouth. And I think that if you can make Green Bay's, you know, they're starting to find their identity a little bit, which is, hey, we got to run the ball. We're going to play action off of it. You know, no longer is that Green Bay offense, hey, just Aaron Rodgers dropping back, you know, 40 times and throwing the ball. That's not the way that Green Bay wins anymore. I don't think their offense is built to do that. Um, so if you're the Lions defense, I mean, it's going to be taking away the run game. It's going to be, you know, doing the same thing you did against uh, the Giants with, you know, Saquon Barkley, you know, 25 yards and, and Dalvin Cook against Minnesota, you know, 20 yards. Now, certainly, you know, the quarterbacks had good stats, but by that point, who cares, man? Yeah. Like, make them play three scores down, you know, make them play uncomfortable, make them play out of their uh, identity, right? I think it's it's really good to start, man. I, I think this game is going to be one in the trenches on both sides of the line. I think if the Lions' offensive line can control the run game, uh, obviously taking a step there against the Bears, uh, and protect Jared Goff, and in the flip side, if you can get pressure on Aaron Rodgers with four guys like we saw them do, you know, especially with the young players, and, and you can turn them into a one-dimensional team that just has to throw the ball, uh, look, as good as Aaron Rodgers has been in his career and really in the past month, uh, there's still a couple plays every game where there's some communication errors on their side of the yep. ball in the passing game might give you a chance to take the ball away. And, you know, in a game, a division game that's usually pretty close, that could be the difference. Well, and and that this is kind of the weird thing, and I'm glad you mentioned that, you know, that the Green Bay Packers are different than they've been. And what concerns me is what we did see in Carolina. And you look and you say, okay, well, Aaron Rodgers is not the same quarterback, or at least doesn't have the same weapons, and they're not the same offense that they were the last couple of years when he was MVP. But you look at him and you say, well, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, like they've got a one-two punch in the backfield very similar to Carolina, 
and them running the football, if if the Lions can play like they did against Minnesota and shut down the run, like if they can play like they did against the Giants in, in New York and shut down Saquon Barkley, then I think that they've got a great chance of winning this football game because yeah. Aaron Rodgers will have a few moments where there is that miscommunication, where he's playing at a different level and at a different mental mental level than everybody else on that offense yeah. because of his experience, because of how he can operate an offense. But his the, the, the teammates that he has right now aren't there right now. Yeah, and, and I think... Aaron Rodgers, I've seen this more this year than I think I've seen in his entire year, in his entire career combined. Where when something like that happens, he will wear that frustration on his face oh, with his, sure. you know, expressions. He gets frustrated. You've got to find a way to frustrate him and allow him to do that to himself. But you're gonna have to shut down the run game. Yeah, and you know what? I think honestly, by the time we get to Sunday, you know, for both teams. <laughs> You can probably throw the previous 16 games out the window. Yep. You know, this is a playoff game, man. Like, what is this Lions team going to look like in true, you know, now, yeah, I was got to say what happens with Seattle, but in one of these true, you know, half to must win games, mm-hmm. you know, what are they going to look like? We obviously know historically Aaron Rodgers has come out on top of most of these type of games. Uh, Lions fans, you know, there were so many seasons when I was playing in Green Bay where it's the last game of the year and winner takes the division. Um, You know, Aaron Rodgers has come out on the top of those. Uh, This could be a change. I mean, you you go out there and you beat him in one of these games, playoff-type games, keep him out of the playoffs. Like, there's a true sense that no matter what happens with Seattle game, you go win that game regardless – uh, there could be a true feel of, man, I think there's a little bit of changing of the crown going on in the N- NFC North because, you know, just imagine what a win would do for this team's confidence, you know, and, and just this this franchise moving forward. I think it would wake a lot of people up to, man, This now we're talking about 2023. Now we're talking about this team uh, potentially doing some real harm. So well, I hope Seattle loses, and I hope it does come down to that playoff t- playoff game, man. You know, hey, winner takes it all, winner gets in. I hope that happens because that would just be, uh, you know, obviously being on the sideline, that would just be an incredible atmosphere and just an incredible opportunity for Dan Campbell and these Lions to go out and take that ultimate step forward that nobody was talking about two months ago getting in the playoffs, doing something meaningful with this football team late in the season. That will just be – it's just going to – I think it's going to be an incredible opportunity for this team. Well, it will dictate the tone of our podcast next week. Uh, we could be talking about a playoff team. We could be talking about a team that went out, you know, high on top if they're not – you know, if they're not playing for a playoff game but were able to get a win. Uh, or it could be a heartbreak. Uh, so we'll uh, – We'll make sure to uh, to have all of those emotions wrapped up into one next week when you guys tune in to Necessary Roughness.